1: Hey guys, it's going to be a fun video comparing players 1v1. Similar price points, similar position, and which one should you take? I get a lot of questions asking. Kerrigan, Cotter, Hines, Cleary, Katoa, Ghana. You know, these types of questions here, we're going to answer all of them today. So Kerrigan and also Cotter, the two guys we're going to focus on here, I've changed a lot of the the, sit, the settings and the filters here. So just be aware that you can do that here on footystatistics.com. So big shout out to those guys that uh, run this page. I really appreciate the efforts there. Carrigan, what we're looking at with him is, you know, when he does play over that 40 minutes, he, he gets a, a 51 average for 63 minutes there. So the big question mark here, this is in 2022 as well. We have years where he has done really, really well. If you look at 2020, he did average 60 in 68 minutes. And what we're looking at here is just obviously the really big minutes. And when he did that, he was able to make a lot of tackles. 46 tackles, 156 meters were his numbers there. So you're getting 61 base before all the negatives and stuff like that. If you are looking at last year, you get 33 tackles, obviously a few less minutes, five less minutes, and the same meters gained. So the work rate wasn't there as much last year. Can we attribute that to a little bit of uh, him recovering from his ACL? Potentially. Yeah, you look at those early games and the tackles were still similar to that amount. You know, definitely higher than that. Obviously, with a 46 game, 37, 36 and 32, so he's averaging in the in the mid to, in, in the high 30s there, sorry, compared to that 33 overall and then a lot of his tackle numbers when they're lower were at the back end of the year following origin. So it was obviously a massive year for him recovering from the ACL, getting out there playing and then getting into the origin arena and playing afterwards where you had a bunch of these lower scores, 29, uh, you know, two 29s there in 16 and 20. If we're carrying, carrying Carrigan, we're gonna be doing that all the way through until origin, and then we'd be moving on from him anyway. So we're not gonna have to worry about these types of scores. You wanna look at some of these top scores. And this is when he first came back from ACL guys. So 55, 44, 69, 66. And none of those are in 80 minutes. So if we can expect somewhere around that 60 minutes or just above in a few of these games, a few just below like the, the 57 and 58. And it does look like he's fitter. looks like he's improved. He finally had a great off season. That is why I'm super keen on him. Cause I think that 51 is gonna increase. Might, might not be all the way th- all the way until that 60, that he had in 2020, and obviously had a very limited amount of games in 21. There, unfortunately, just the 47 average with a, a you know four low scores in a row and the 39 in there. And just again, low meters gain 126 and 34 tackles. So, if you look at those two years, you could you can make the argument against and say, Look, those last two years he's averaged 34 and 33 tackles there, less minutes. Why would he play bigger minutes here? That's obviously a question that you need to answer. You know, if he gets a really big minutes and you expect close to a 60 score, if his minutes are a bit lower than maybe in the low 50s to 55, but I still think he's a great option. He looked better and second year post the ACL surgery. The stats coming out of that is incredible for, you know, majority of the players coming back and just being able to play better. Ruben Cotter, he's a very interesting one. If you look at his uh, scores at the prop position, which is most likely what he's going to play, he has over 40 minutes there, 56 Fantasy points in 61 minutes there, so you got him priced at that 42, uh, 52, sorry. So that's four points of value just straight off on that. Do we think he can average 61 minutes? I think he can. You're looking at here, he has two offloads in those games at prop, so we're not looking for you know him to have to be an offloader, which is obviously a slight issue, um, you know, to, for him to get to that 60 mark. Because you want a bunch of tackle breaks. The highest he had in one of those games was three. But the tackles mixed with those um, meters gain there gives him a 53 base. So what we're looking for with Cotter is obviously to average about that 56, 57 for it to be worth it. And for him to be one of those top middle guns. So yeah, that's the reason why I've just got Carrigan. I've got Carrigan just over Cotter. Both going to play origin that you're going to get both of them all the way through until round 13. I think you can't go wrong either way. The big question mark with him last year was obviously his hamstring. So they both have some negatives with last year attached to maybe some improvement this year. But the slight negative for Codd, I just don't think his game is as expansive as what Carrigan's could be. And I definitely think Carrigan could average a little bit more if it came to it and you get him at a 30K less price point. So that's those two guys. I think they're you a know, pretty important question mark, which a few people have been asking me here. If we move on to Mr. Payne-Hass here next. So you see here we have a big wealth of, of games here from 2022 all the way through to 2019. And when he gets 64 minutes, guys, he does average a point a minute, 64.7 for 64.8 points. So what we're looking at him here, here is him priced at 56, which gives him a little bit of runway to improve on that. Yes, there's a little bit of uh, a few off-field issues for him, unfortunately. Yeah, some things happen with his mom and stuff like that. So how that affects him on the field, it looks like through these trials, he, he looked really good. Got through his work, 42 points in that first half in the trial the other day. I think he can come out and do really well and get back to those type of games where he was absolutely dominant through 2021. And also 2020 uh, in 2020 there. So last game you saw him last year you saw him start really really well 85, 58, 64, 78, 71, 64. Then gets injured and his scores really go low from there. He had a few random good games where he scored a try, but majority of the time his tackle breaks went down. Apart from that nine tackle break game, uh, they were sitting around the one, two, and three mark for the majority of the end of the season. Offloads went away as well. Yeah, he was offload at least an offload a game four in that first game there. And the meters gain were you know fairly similar. He did have a couple of low games in here, 87 meter and 105 later in the in the season. So we want to take them out of our mind and show that what he can do at the beginning of the year there. So Payne obviously is a great option as well. And a few people are comparing him to maybe picking someone like Joe Tarpany, who's our next guy. And you look at his overall, he's obviously played since you know one game in 2014, but for 2015 and onwards. And when he does get decent minutes, 57 minutes for him. He averages 48 overall. The difference with Payne Haas to Joe Tarpany is the fact that he is sitting there with only one year of really, really good scores. There was a couple of random games in here. In the finals in 2020, he got an 86 and an 80. He had random good games here in 2020, a a nice 75, a 62, a 68. But a lot of games in those 40s and the low 50s there. 2021, still the same thing. He'd have a 30 or a 40, and then he'd pick up a 70, right? The minutes is the main issue. In 2021, He would have a lot of games with 40 minutes and then you have a couple of games with 50s. Whereas last year, that obviously increased through the middle to back end of the year. And he was able to have some spectacular scores. You look at the start of last year, 49, 40, 39, 46, 48. Not great to look at. What you're you're picking Tarpanay on is the ability to continue the form from mid part of last year before he got the rib injury. So again, a very short sample space compared to someone like Payne Haas. But the the difference with Tarpanay is he's not going to be playing in origin And if you think he can back up those scores that he got last year, then at a 55 average there, you're looking at probably a 60. So he will be one of those top mids, you know, up there with Haas, up there with Cam Murray. And you get him a little bit cheaper than Haas, obviously at, you know, 19K cheaper. And he's someone that you could, you know, slot into your side for the entirety of the year, given he doesn't play Origin. But just be aware, guys, that you've got that limited sample size with someone like him, and you're backing him on moving into his peak now. Uh, now that he's played for sort of seven years and you'll be able to do a great job for your side. We now move on to the favorite son there, Nathan Cleary. He's been a staple as our captain in the last bunch of years and he's still someone I'm tempted to select in my side and captain from round one. If you look here at his 2020 stats, he averaged 73.3, which is absolutely incredible. And gives him, you know, plenty of upside on his starting price, even at 9.57. That gives you seven points of upside. 2021 was a strange year, and he obviously had an incredible one. 91 he averaged, which included a multitude of hundreds there. You've got five for the season, and you know, 2020 had a, a bunch of those as well. A couple there, 105, 106, 105. He had a few 90s as well, all the way through there. So big one for him is in 2022 he did not hit a hundred once, which is crazy. So Really, for him, you'd expect him to have a couple of them in his game. I would expect him to average at least this amount here. When he got, you know, close to 80 minutes there, uh, you know, apart from those suspension games and stuff, he did average 67.5, which is almost priced at that point, and you know, very, very similar to what Nico Hines is going to score there. So, if you're looking at Cleary here last year, there's not many tries in his game. Whereas 2021 and 2020, that was where a, a big chunk of his points were. There's a bunch of games here where he didn't get a try assist either. Goals were still the same. They're still going to be a good team this year. Tackles were okay for his standard, 18, and then 3.2 misses. If you look at 2021, it was 18.8 and 2.3 misses. So he missed a few more tackles last year as well. Just remember, guys, he didn't have as much of a preseason last year, and he was coming off some shoulder surgery and some shoulder issues, which is a good reason why that missed tackle number was up into the threes as well. So two years before that, they were both in the low twos to mid twos there. Uh, and then 2022, that went up. So try, as I said, tries are down, tries this were down. If this isn't pushing you to, to select Nathan Cleary this year, I don't know what is. The only issue I see with him is the fact they have a, bout, a buy in round three. We moved to Nico Hines. And for him, we're looking at 22 22 stats as his best statistics, obviously, given he moved to halfback and he was average at 69, was it? Yeah, 69 for last year, which was great. And you expect him and Cleary to be able to do that regularly coming into this season, right? Our main issue with him is the fact that we only have one season at halfback. But if you look at all of his scores, whether he played a 5.8 or he played at fullback there, he was able to average 61 across that 78-minute stretch. So really with him, either way, you're going to get something in the 60s, you'd imagine. Sharks are going to be great. He's a great captaincy option as well. And he's someone that's currently in my side. I'm looking to try and fit Hines and Cleary and try and spend a little bit less in other areas, but I think at least one of them needs to be in your side just for the fact that they could go absolutely bonkers. I think Cleary has the higher ceiling. Hinds will be nice and consistent here as well. You see, here, he had a forty-three as his lowest score in the first nine games, a forty-four after that. So, the really only a couple of scores under the fifty mark. Great safe captaincy option there. Teague Wilton, he's an interesting one as well. We get him at five thirty-six k, and we're going to compare him to Egan Butcher, who is at the five hundred sixty k mark. We're looking at games for these guys in the second row and over 40 minutes, and Egan Butcher will look at over 40 minutes, which included some middle games as well as some edge ones. Wilton there, looking at his scores, he averages 50, right? We've spoken about this before in the 76 minutes. There's a couple of games lower. He has a game in 2021. At the end there, 24 and 66 minutes and a game with 64 minutes for 31. So obviously the more time that he gets on the park, the more chance he is of scoring a try. He doesn't have a crazy amount. We speak about him scoring a lot of tries, but the amount of tries he has is at a 0.3 clip when he does score. So it's not the worst. Like you'd expect these type of forwards in the, in the second row in good teams to be scoring somewhere close to that 0.5 mark. If the outside backs are getting close to that one per game, then a good second rower should be around that 0.5. So really, he has a slight bit of room for improvement, or at worst, if he stays the same, you're still going to get that 50 average. It'll be you know a mixture of games in the high 30s and a mixture of games in the high 50s to 60, and that'll round out to that nice average. So with him, you get him all the way until round six. He has that buy the only qualm with him is obviously Wade Graham, who could potentially play a little bit of time on the edge. But if Wilton's getting 80 minutes, I think he needs to be in your side at 536. So in comparison to Egan Butcher now, you look at a very short sample sample size for him. He does have a nice PPM even through the middle. But this does include obviously one game on in the second row where he got you know good minutes there. And that there gives, you know, served him a 63. And that was all in base. And, and that was really nice. So if you look at just him, his games in general, where he gets over 40 minutes. He averages 54 in 55 minutes there. So if he can get closer to that 80, you'd probably expect him to average somewhere in the low 50s. You know, he has a really nice base with tackles and meters gain there. You've got 37 and 108, which is lovely. Puts him in a high 40s, uh, you know, in base there, which is great. And then ability to score some tries, which he has three out of those uh, eight games there, which is awesome. So Egan Butcher, Wilton, both going to be great options. Butcher, it sounds like at a minimum, we're going to get a month out of him Uh, with Crichton definitely not coming back in the first month. Could be longer with his diagnosis. Uh, Yeah, he's had that for a long time. It sounds like the bipolar disorder. So um, yeah, wish all the best for Angus, but that gives Egan a little bit of a chance on that left and then potentially could move over to the right side uh, if Nat isn't playing as well, if there's injuries and stuff like that. So I think Egan has... Uh, slightly less job security than Wilton, slightly more expensive, but I think they're both going to do great. So they're awesome options for your side, Egan Butcher and Teague Wilton. The last two I want to speak about in this video, guys, just to give you a good idea of how I like to compare is Luke Garner up against our lovely Eli Katoa there. So Luke Garner, what we're looking at him with, with him here is the fact that over 50 minutes and a second row spot when he's priced at 33, produces a 47 and a half. Again, guys, this was why we had him as pretty close to a must-have. Yes, he didn't play very well in that game on the weekend, and our only other worry for him is the fact that Zach Hosking could get that spot. So again, whoever gets that, whoever gets named in that spot, if Garner gets it and Liam Martin's back, then I think you just select Garner just because you know you look at his games here, and yes, they're with a the tiger team who aren't as consistent as what the the Panthers are going to be. You Look at these scores when he played last year, for example. Very close there. He's got a try in the first one and the third one. That gives us a 58 and a 42. Around that, he's got no tries in these games. 38, 38, 50, 42, and 42. If he gets any of that over the first part of the year, and then the next game gets a 60, for example, then he's going to make a lot of money, really. The lowest score in this whole season, uh, sorry, in this last sort of 15 games for him there, is a 30. Yeah, there's a 35, a 37. Then he goes up to high 40s, a 73. There's plenty of scores here all the way down here until 2021 in round 18 where he got a 24 and then the start of 2020. So it's a long way back before you get uh, multiple scores below where he's priced at at the moment. So you doubt that he's going to de- digress or, or get worse moving to the Panthers. He's not old enough yet to get worse. He's only been playing since 2019. So... Not enough K's in the legs for him to get worse from where he is. So I think he's still going to be a great option if he gets a start. I do like Hosking better because I think he can average 50 if he gets a spot. But at the moment, Garner, still a solid one there for those that are worried about him for sure. Eli Katawa as well, we're going to look at him for over 40 minutes in the second row position for all seasons there. And that only includes games at the Warriors where he was able to score a 44.5 in 67 and a half minutes. So you look at that there and that provides 13 points of value. Let's just say you shave off seven minutes there, gets him to a 60. I still think that he, the way he's looking fitness-wise and you know, work ethic, etc. I think he's going to be able to do a great job for your side and still average somewhere around that 40 or above. You look at the amount of tries he scored over those first few years there. And look, the point 0.4 is pretty normal, I think, for a guy like him. Felice Kafusi scored a bunch of tries on that right for the Storm, and I think Eli Katoa can do that. If the discipline comes up, you will get at 30 tackles here for 2.2 misses. It's not terrible. So you could probably get that, shave that down to a to a two, which is obviously not much and get those tackles up to a low 30s. And the meters gain, I think for him at 93 is a bit low. So there's definitely some room for improvement there. Uh, but at a minimum, I think he can average 40 and make you sort of nine points and then go from there. But that's that video, guys. If you're looking to join the private group, I just announced the prizes in there. You have to be signed up and in the league code to be able to be eligible for half of the prizes that are on offer this year. If you're not in there for that, you are eligible for all the others across the season. There'll be prizes every second week, but you need to be in here before uh, the close of that first Thursday lockout uh, in round one. So get in there, guys. I really appreciate all your help and all your support this year. I hope we have a great season.
0: Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quinn's. for free shipping and 365-day returns. A lot can happen in three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts,